here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. Hey everybody, fans of games and films, we are back again. It is Press X to Reload. I am Nick Moore, and with me is Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanis. Guys. Hey, how are you? Hey, buddy. Today, we are going to be going over Warcraft, uh, based off of the popular, well, I mean, God, MMO, and before that, uh, RTS games. Start with you guys. What are your feelings on this film? Listen, I freaking love the movie, man. From beginning to end, I think it's a solid film. It does the video game justice. I know that there's a massive lore, a massive following behind this one. Maybe some people aren't into it as much. I just think they hit the mark on it. Whether you're a gamer, non-gamer, this is a true fantasy film from beginning to end. Good villains, good heroes. It's dark, yet somehow makes you feel like a heroic ending, even though everybody fails. I, I, I don't know. Solid film. Mark? Yeah, for me, it's uh, as a as a maybe uh, going a deep nerd dive here. I, I I've loved the the lore of the Warcraft world, and um, as a leaping off point, if it, if it was an expansive movie franchise, which it doesn't seem like it's going to be, but if it was an expansive one, I love where it starts. It starts uh, begins at the beginning. I love the lore it covers and uh, how that lore translates not only into the RTS pieces of the gaming franchise, but also into the deeper MMO drive of that. Uh, there, are, there are shots throughout the movie that are, are reflective of the MMO genre um, in places you can go and places, things you can see. So absolutely love it. I think where the, where the biggest opinion really comes from is you, Nick, because I know uh, we had seen this prior and we watched it again for this podcast, but I know this was your first time seeing it. We're actually really excited and really enthralled to hear your opinion. Yeah. I want to say overall, I enjoyed the second half of the film. Mm -hmm. 12 minutes into this thing, I look over at Corinne and go, I don't know what the <laughs> is going on. <laughs> I feel like if you were a fan of it, I can see all of the things you would appreciate because it felt like, okay, this place is something that everyone should know. And he's jumping on a mount because I know what those are from Warcraft. But I had no idea what was going on at the beginning. They have the narration happening and the, the orc and the human facing off. Like, okay, cool, they're going to fight. And the human has zero chance. And then a time jump that I did not know was a time jump. And a place jump that I did not know as a place jump happens. So I'm kind of disconnected at that point. And you spend the next 10-ish minutes with the orcs and I guess learning their backstory and their world. But other than Duratan, the rest of them all seem kind of like this. <laughs> so I wasn't really sure if I'm supposed to like them or not like them. And then it cuts to the humans. And then I find out that the orcs are from a completely different realm of existence than the humans. Which... I did not expect when they said they're jumping through the gate. I thought they were jumping continents, not realities. Uh, but by the second half of it, the action got really good. And some of the, the story turns that happened, I really enjoyed. It's just, it was a little frustrating that it took about an hour for the, the film to accept me into it. That makes sense. It's maybe the best way I can describe it. 
Yeah, one of the things that uh, is so interesting about where they chose to jump in is that uh, prior to where the story picks up in the movies is uh, th- there's a lot of still lore that is unexplored um, and that that goes deep from the the corruption of the orcs to the story of Medivh to what the Kirin Tor mean uh, to the overall story. And I get that. I, I, I genuinely deeply get that, that um, if you're not deep into the lore of Warcraft, you could be... It could be tricky. Totally tricky. You're, you're an outsider looking in. Um, one of the things I sometimes... And again, it, I, it's awesome to hear your, your opinion of it is that um, I try to sometimes pull myself away in terms of like, is this an entertaining story if you don't know anything about WoW or World of Warcraft or Warcraft, right? Which like, is really hard to do when you know... A bit about Warcraft, especially you. You know more of it than I do. But mm-hmm. and, and then when Nick's like, I don't really know much about it. It's still hard to put your play, yourself in his shoes when mm-hmm. you do know that you're trying to, but you still know it. So I can watch this movie and right away I understand where they are in the timeline. But yeah, I guess I guess from your point of view, I yeah, no, I get it. I get it. It could be a little tricky, a little overwhelming to be like, wait, what's going on here? I, I really don't get it. Mm-hmm. Well, and that was my frustration. Like, I, I approach these films, as you know, wanting to enjoy as many of them as I can. I mean, I, I am the lone voice that enjoys Double Dragon, for God's sake. Yes, you yeah. are. God bless you. But it's frustrating because I, I watch a lot of different stories that are translated from other medium. Whether it's ones that I'm familiar with already, like Marvel and all of their comics getting translated to film, where I already kind of know what's going on, to Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, where I've never read the books, but the films still present themselves in a way where someone like myself can kind of ease into it this one dropped you right into the deep end and best of luck to you but once they got to about the 45 minute mark and you understand oh they're coming from a completely different realm of existence and you've gotten used to the the kind of power dynamics that are happening then i was able to enjoy the story and that's great but it was really baffling that it took that long to kind of introduce it to audiences when i would imagine as many people as there are playing wow if you're going to succeed and especially when the idea of this was to be a trilogy of films i understand Mm -hmm. maybe make it easier for the mainstream to get it it's a big world to start in it's like it's like knowing what star wars was sure Mm -hmm. and and then choosing to start in the middle but star wars does accomplish that and that's the only frustration that i have no no but star wars didn't know that at the beginning no that's fair uh and like i said once it gets once it gets going once the orcs and humans meet up at that point the action is fairly clear i know what's going on it has a swift brutality to it which i appreciated magic didn't happen instantly i like the fact that it takes Mm -hmm. them a little bit of time to actually cast a spell Mm -hmm. uh, because that's one of my main frustrations when you see magicians is, well, they should just be the most overpowered thing in the room. But it takes a second to get the incantations going and this and that, which is pretty cool. I'm curious to hear your thoughts if, uh, knowing what you know now, if you were to give it one more shot and be like, okay, now I know the world. Now I know the setting. Now I know the premise. I know that they're in another world and trying to get into this world. If you'd view that first half differently now. Well, I think if I went back and watched the first half, I could probably enjoy it a little bit more knowing what the hell is going on. (laughs) (laughs) That certainly does help having some idea as to what's happening. But it was jarring at the beginning and then 
very frustrating at the end, not because of any necessary fault of the, the filmmakers, but you they were really banking on a trilogy on this one. And mm. it's blatantly obvious. Which is our biggest problem. Well, the fact that they don't get one cuts a lot of storylines short that end up feeling kind of infuriating. Agreed. You have, just to recap for anyone who hasn't seen this story, very broad strokes. The orcs are in a different plane of existence. Their world is dying because the wizard that is... Fell. Golden. I'll get to the fell. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'll get to the fell. Yeah. That confused the crap out of me. <laughs> but the, the wizard who's using the fell, dark magic, has basically destroyed their planet and has decided, let's go destroy another planet. So they meet up with the humans who already know of other existence, uh, other types of races, but not the, the orcs. And they fight, and one of the orcs, Duratan, the protagonist, or at least I thought he was for most of the film, yeah, disagrees fair. with the evil wizard. Yeah. And he tries to stage a coup to stop the evil wizard and gets imprisoned. And then his big play to try and save the day is, I'm going to show to my people that the, the evil wizard orc is in fact against us, doesn't have the orcs' interests at hearts, and that will change their minds and they will rise up and we will be good again. And he tries that and he almost succeeds. They see that the evil wizard version is evil and then he says, yeah, but I'll kill you all if you don't follow me. And then they follow him anyway. So Duratan dies for literally no reason. Drives um, me insane. Eh, I, I was ready to <laughs> walk away. I was so mad. The rest of it keeps happening and it gets better, but I thought he was the protagonist. <laughs> well, and I think one of the... Uh, Half an wrong. hour happens after that. <laughs> you yeah, <thought> and <laughs> you know what? I, I, I got to honestly say that one of the, um, again, one of the greater tragedies of this movie franchise is that they don't get to delve into some of that lore and, and pieces. Agreed, because there's um, a big lore here. Yeah, and the fact that they don't get to delve into that a bit more because one of the things that I appreciated about it, and again, as a absolute WoW nerd, you know, I mean, I played World of Warcraft for way longer than maybe most people did. I played it for like six years, and are you okay? Um, I'm 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 hurting, but I'm okay. okay. Good. Okay, good. <laughs> but we're here for you. Thank we're you. here for you. Thank you. Um, but one of the things is that 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 lore. And that that um, that piece that they try to dive into in this movie, to your point, is maybe not as easily accessible to someone who's not a not. And now, to be clear, this series of um, this movie takes takes almost aim at not the what is now the world renowned um, MMO that is on it's on the not market. World of Warcraft. It's Warcraft. It's not World of Warcraft. This is the Warcraft original RTS. And this is, this is where this movie re is really diving in is to the beginning of the conflicts and, and the narrative at the beginning when the orcs are fighting the humans in that open field is absolutely a, a, a direct rip from some of the, uh, cutscenes from those, uh, RTSs and MMOs, but also a big piece of, trying to tell a narrative that um, you're not going to get to see it. There's so much ground to cover. There's so many things you do. You don't get to see. And one of the beauties of it as a fan of this movie is that I appreciate that there are enough and significant and multiple nods to fans of the series. And that one of the things that is maybe, I, I don't know, I feel unique to this series and some other um, movie and video game conversions is the fact that 
I felt that they capture so much more of what the spirit of the games were like more than any other video game from the RTS moments of uh, wide pans of what it looks like to have established villages and what those look like both from an RTS perspective in game, but almost from the, in an appreciation of the greater depth of the, where this expanded into the MMO and the idea of, of wow and orcs versus humans. Like they capture so much of the lore that you feel that you live through um, that I agree is inaccessible to a non-fan to a large degree, but from a, our lens uh, on, on this channel, from a ad- adaptation to movie, I was like, oh, oh, hell yeah, I'm all in here. Well, that's what I think is interesting about this film is because most of the time when we're talking about movies that have been adapted from video games, we can all admit they probably come out on the, the failing end of this. Again, Warcraft seems to be along those same paths. Yet, this is the one I feel is probably one of the most true Mm -hmm. to the actual video game than other video game movies. And here we are not getting a sequel. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. That's one of its biggest crying shames. And like you admitted too, Nick, you felt that this is a trilogy that what makes us worse is we're never going to see that trilogy I, I, on the, like, like I said, I want to get to the positive side, right? Cause that's what all this is about is hundred percent. Um, it's not about whether and there's you had a, a lot of positives to it where you enjoyed blah, blah, blah. The effects are fantastic. I think the, the lower cast pulled off a phenomenal job of each of their characters. It somehow ended up being a happy ending, even though everybody <sighs> you expected died. It was like, how did this be dark ending and still a happy ending? Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know. I just, I, I think they pulled it off. I think they got the atmosphere. They got the orc to human ratio mm. dead on. They got the effects. They got the, yeah. Like you said, I, 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 Mark and I were talking about this earlier, how the scale of the orc size to the humans. And he's like, there's one scene where, you know, a human picks up an orc hand and the one finger is inside of, the human's hand yeah, in comparison to the to the orc and then that backtracks to a scene that i am a, f- a fan of is the first time they fight the orcs and lothar is protecting his son and he tells him do not engage them straight on they will annihilate us you have to be smarter you have to be faster right. it's the only and it makes sense and that's no different than the video game right like you fight orcs head on in a video game you're gonna get annihilated if mm-hmm. you have a strategy yeah. against them, you're going to beat them. And yeah. I don't know. From a, from a pure RTS realm, when you're, I'm sure, playing this and, and those who have played the RTS version, uh, the the orcs are horde. They're a horde mentality in terms of they'll overwhelm you by their numbers. And so it's so fascinating to see that played out live uh, via, via filmography. So... Yeah, I'm curious, like, uh, you know, for yourself, Nick, like, as someone who's maybe more on the outside of that lore and, and, and that, that, that playing, that playground, uh, how did you feel about that? But, but even when Nick said at the beginning, the first hour, he was a little lost. I, that makes sense. It does make sense. It makes sense. I get it. I get it. I get his opinion. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of this film that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. But until that first meeting of the orcs and the humans where they fight, 
it was the most confounding exposition I've ever seen. But let's get to the positives. That first fight, oh my good God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sheer brutality of when they fight. I love how the humans are, you know, they'll swing a few times and stab an orc two or three, four times before they can take him down. An orc is just swing his table-sized weapon, boom, <laughs> once, and the human is a smear on the ground. Mm-hmm. That is their strategy. I just need to squash you like a bug and move on to the next bug. The fight scene was really cool. It was clear to see what was going on, and yeah, there's a disconnect between the the CG that is the orcs when you see them just standing around. You know that they're CG, and the humans were more than once it's like, ah, they could have made just a CG film. When they were in a fight, somehow it worked really well. It didn't feel out of place when they were in a fight. Mm-hmm. It only ever felt out of place when they were doing like acting scenes, and then they were static enough. That you're like, ah. It, as advanced as the the money they threw into it is, one clearly looks fake and one clearly looks real. But during the action scenes, it seemed together really flawlessly. I was pretty impressed by all of that. And the fact that they had wolves that were the size of two horses as their mounts was pretty cool. Which is amazing. <laughs> they looked badass. That was cool. <laughs> I, uh, I really liked, um, what was his name? Blackhand. Yeah. Uh, which, of course, Clancy, Clancy Brown voiced Brown. him. Clancy Brown. Boy. Hmm. He is the go-to for a man whose voice sounds like angry asphalt. <laughs> I wanted to touch on the, uh, the the CG for one moment in that. I agree with what you're saying when, when uh, a CG character is in the same scene or shot as a obviously a live character. That it, it there, there, there's some, I don't know, a, a hard time to dispel the, the fantasy element or, oh, that's fake. One of the things that kept constantly impressing me, though, was when Duratar is talking to Doomhammer and it's two CG characters expressing and emoting to each other. There's something they captured about the humanity in the eyes that, that kept bringing me in. Oh, 100%. That as ridiculous as the size and the the scale and everything we're talking about, they somehow some maintained a CGI element to the face and the characters and their their scale, but the eyes are so human and brought you into the characters and their struggles and their concerns that I found myself not struggling to suspend my disbelief. And yes, when they're when they're in the same scene together, you're like, this is disproportionate. Yeah. But I, it's also for me, my favorite representation of what I have, again, going deep nerd, read through fantasy and played games and things like that about what an orc is to a human. It makes me excited for a Warhammer movie. Yes. You know, like, (laughs) you know, it it makes me excited for uh, movies uh, of the forgotten realms nature in in the idea that orcs are terrifying, not simply because they're, they're a multitude, but because physically they're such an imposing figure. And this captured that for me and the actors the mocap on this which was extensive um my god like i i I, there are scenes where i forget i'm watching mocap oh yeah yeah Yeah. i'm into the orcs acting i'm into i i'm just as involved in what's going on in the political Mm -hmm. side of the orcs as i am the political side of the human actually to be honest i'm probably more involved into the political side of the orcs because medivh uh, okay, I, I think I can agree with you. Sometimes he can be a little confusing. I don't think there was enough mm-hmm. explanation on his history in terms of his demonology bloodline, yada, yada, yada. Not really explained in the film. 
Yeah, that's all new to me. Demonology bloodline from a Eve? No idea. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, I just knew deeper lore. Yeah, there's I a knew deeper he was lore the guardian. there. There's a deeper lore and there. Somehow he became bad. <laughs> so it almost seems like yeah. Medivh just got infected like a plague accidentally. Right. And so well, I think they missed the mark like. on Medivh. But where they got it right is Gul'dan. Gul'dan oh, is an incredible yes. villain. <laughs> he was really interesting. Yeah. And I think they tried to balance the two of them and they missed the mark on Medivh, but got it right on Gul'dan. And that was one of the things that was driving me nuts was th- this is why I got so frustrated when Duratan dies with 30 minutes left. The mm. orc story was infinitely more interesting than the humans. That's not mm-hmm. even up for debate. No, nope, When you agreed. have the orcs like uh, Duratan and his friend talking on the on the hilltop, talking about how they need to deal with Gul'tan when it's just the CG characters, they have a, a realism to them. It reminded me of the Planet of the Apes films. Like, I can buy into this. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. the hierarchy of them seemed interesting and fleshed out, and the humans felt like they just copied a page off of D&D, which is a little infuriating <laughs> by comparison. More time and care felt like it was put into the orcs, especially Goltan. He was really, really cool. And when he goes to fight Duratan at the end... And I'm expecting he's going to use magic right off the bat. And instead, he throws off his robes and he is jacked. jacked. I think that's one of the best moments in the film is when they call him out. And he's like, no, I'll fight. Throws off his robe and he's just as jacked as everybody else. So, no, this guy can hold his own. He just happens to be a warlock as well. Yeah. Apparently, underneath that robe, he's Heihachi. That's what he is. Yeah, that's exactly. He's just absurd underneath that thing. And that was really cool. But to have that really cool story and then, well, we're going to kill the one character that you identify with with 30 minutes to go. And his wife is going to also die needlessly by the river trying to save her child where oh, she could I'll have just kept that. going instead of stopping ironically though like, like okay, you're sitting up for a sequel that i don't think you're gonna get uh, but here's the thing i agree with you in terms of the fact that the orcs have the better storyline in terms of the um what's going on but lothar as the human is still my mm. favorite character yeah. in that entire film but anyway 100%. mark you you were gonna say he's something. the best human yeah I wanted to say that, uh, again, to your, to your point about, uh, so the character that you don't fully get to understand, the character set down the river is Thrall. And Thrall uh, plays a significant role in, in some of the RTS series and, and into the WoW universe. And so the idea of, Again, the, the, the missing pieces and what, what, so I'll, I'll, I'll circle back to what they did well. I'll circle back to the idea that one of the things done so well that I appreciated so much is the concept that not every, not every movie or, or especially one with a, a, a fan base that is as, um, excited as sometimes the, the wow fan base is that Shoot. there is enough throw away throw away moments that if you are not a fan you do not appreciate but if you are a fan you deeply appreciate there is fan service from the murlocs on the shore to the fact that they're riding griffins as a means of transport to quite frankly thrall thrall going down that river is essential to some of the rts storylines uh, and what happens to that baby, that that baby and that character and the importance of that baby are significant, deeply significant to the video game aspect of what we're talking about 
but are in absolute lost opportunity without a sequel or a trilogy um, to a movie going aspect. And those are the moments that make this particular video game to movie concept such a crime to me because they did their jobs in terms of tipping their cap to the fans, tipping their cap to the lore, and unfortunately never getting a secondary opportunity to fully flush out and tell this story that as a video game fan of that particular series, uh, you know is there. But as a fan of the series, you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But you never get to see it again. But what's, what's funny about that is like we're talking about this is a massive audience who loves mm. Warcraft, right? We're talking about. Sure. We're talking about World of Warcraft, which has what, like 12 million subscribers, yada, yeah. yada, yada. But at the end of the day, when even when we say fan service, there's fan service there before World of Warcraft. And this yeah. is not a World of Warcraft film. And there's a lot of fans. We're not going to get sequels because there's a lot of fans who even missed the obvious uh, fandom in this because they're still thinking World of Warcraft. They weren't here for Warcraft, for Warcraft 2, for Warcraft 3, which a lot of the foundation of this film is all built upon. Mm -hmm. This is a setup to World of Warcraft. And it's just not a lot of people, unfortunately, they just didn't like it because it wasn't World of Warcraft, which mm-hmm. it's not. I'm not talking about you, Nick, for example, who, okay, well, I don't really have I a history the of games either. Much either. Yeah, you don't have a history <laughs> of either. So I, you, you're going in as a movie watcher, not a yes. game-to-movie translation, which, again, I, I, I think I actually 100% understand Nick's oh my God, point yes. of view, which is why I'm more interested to hear him watch it at least one more time, knowing what he knows. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the bad thing about a film is you should never have to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is that. <laughs> yeah. But but again, going on to like other things that were cool. Yeah. They set it up on early in the film, but of course the golem is going to get used, and I enjoyed it. The golem was a good action sequence, uh, and again to get anyone caught up, the big magician guardian that works for the humans turns out to be the main villain. He turns out to be. I thought possessed by some sort of demonic force, but it turns out the fell is just corrupted magic. So I guess he's uh, kind Mark of corrupted by the... Yeah. All that Mark. <laughs> There's on. nothing about that that was made clear to me. And again, mm-hmm. you Fair. can explain it away with any number of things for someone who's a fan of the lore. No, you're right. But as a moviegoer, I couldn't tell if it was a specific demonic entity or if it was some evil version of the force from Star Wars. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Either way, right. it doesn't matter. He's corrupted now, and he's evil, and he wants to make everyone else evil. I did find it interesting that Goltan's using the same evil demonic force. So now both the humans and the orcs have someone in their camp using the bad magic, and the humans face him while he's using a a golem. So this, you know, 30-foot-tall clay monster, which is a cool little fight. And the the orcs fight him, fight Goltan and the evil magic with philosophy. And... It's kind of odd that the humans beat out Medivh using brute force by dropping a golem on him, and the orcs beat out Goltan to some degree by having, like, the moral high ground against him. It's pretty weird and kind of cool that the orcs won by using their brains and the humans won by using their brawn. Yeah. I thought that was kind of no, neat. It's, and, and again, explaining to Mark after was, I'm, I'm like, I like how during this story... The conflict is supposed to be between the orcs and the humans, but at one point we're actually watching an inner conflict between orcs and an inner conflict between humans in order for this to actually yes. 
their initial battle to even take place, right? Like, mm-hmm. so that was yeah, cool. I again, everything you're saying is so um, That's right. It, it's so appropriate for people who are outside of the lore, which is a, again fundamentally why I think this this movie failed um, to garner its sequels is because it's almost too deep a nerd dive in terms of the lore. Like Medivh's lore, for those who are aware of it, is so much deeper than... Even um, the movie suggests. Yeah, than the movie could possibly touch on. And there's so much lore that that it's almost hard to make a movie without getting into all all the, the, the depth that goes before this. And uh, to your point, yeah, I love it. What I appreciate about it is... First of all, the actors, unbelievable performances for me in terms of very sometimes micro things. Um, I understand that Lothar is the actor from uh, Vikings, uh, from Vikings, Ragnar Lothbrok, who uh, Travis Femmel, I think is his name. It's maybe not a star studded cast, but the acting I thought was was superb, whether it was mocap, whether it was live action. I thought the acting was superb. I thought the the attempts to appease the fan base superb. I thought the attempts to uh, touch on uh, a lore and again a deep, deep lore that not everyone would do. So they've they at times missed the boat, but for those who knew, um, they knew um, was fantastic. And I thought the effects. Uh, there are story beats and moments from Lothar's son dying to. Um, The amazing, amazing moment where Lothar shows up on a griffin to rescue the corpse of his king. That's the best part in the whole movie. (laughs) Um, That was really cool. And I liked the the king having the realization that the only chance that they would have for any kind of peace to throw Goltan off was for the, I guess, half-orc, half-human? Half-orc, half-something. She's not necessarily human. Okay. I was confused by that because I'm thinking if she's half human, this no. is the first time meeting the humans. But either way, didn't seem like a female orc, but mm-hmm. certainly wasn't a human. So fine, she's just orcish enough to still be sexy, I guess. <laughs> uh, but either way, you have to kill me so that you can like win back your people and they'll listen to you. And then you know she stabs him in the the neck and he goes down, which a king willing to die for his people like that, that's really impressive. And now the orcs will listen to her enough that when she stands up to Goltan and says that, you know, we can't ignore our ways and we have to be proper orcs, if he stands against her, he will lose everybody Mm -hmm. and now he backs down. That played it really well and it also gave Lorthar a chance to have an amazingly quick fight against Blackhand. My second favorite (laughs) moment. I was wondering how that fight would play out, you know, because he's got his massive claw that's been felled, overgrown with organic stuff after Goltan has put the fell onto it after his hand was chopped off by Goltan in the first place because it was infected because he was going to kill him. Yeah, that, okay, I explained all that backwards. But anyway, he kills him by slicing him in the (laughs) orchid, and that is amazing. So, one of the things that I I agree with you... (laughs) About the fell is that again, this is a deep nerdy lore dive as a, as to what the fell means and to how the fell affects people and to the history of the fell that it, it's a demonic presence from the beginning of the, the creation of the whole universe in terms of the world of Warcraft and the war of Azeroth and everything else that they don't touch on and what the fell means and how it works and how it affects people 
I get it. It, it is unclear. It's as clear as mud as to what that means. Yeah. As a fan, well, the moment you hear the fell, you're like, oh my God. But as yeah. a casual observer, you're like, hmm, what are you talking about? I get that piece. It seemed like evil force magic. Uh, yeah. You know, it turns green, it sucks your life out of you, and you're dead, which is pretty cool. Uh, but again, the way that they have Medivh get possessed by it, his features all change, and he turns demonic looking, and he starts giving incantations. At that point, I thought the fell was an actual thing. Like, the that was its name, the fell, and we were seeing that demon. A disease. And in, Yeah, and I'm still unclear as to whether or not it is a type of magic or if it's a uh, physical that's its name the fell both. kind of like the batman <laughs> by the end of the the film that's what was not made clear uh, yeah but and you're right the really film cool. doesn't make clear that it's basically both of what you're saying but i get that and I, and to me at the end of the day as a fantasy film <laughs> um i think it's a great <laughs> fantasy film it actually pushes you know we have our lord of the rings which is <laughs> your iconic this is what Warcraft and Warhammer and all that based stuff on. is based on, and they've taken it to their own extreme in terms sure. of what orcs represent and stuff like that. But I still think as a fantasy film, it, it lands the mark. It's mm. it's entertaining. It's got the effects. It's got the the acting from maybe not A class actors, but oh. like I don't really know anybody. I was blown away to find out Clancy Brown was black hand. I'm even more blown away to find out Daniel Wu, who mm-hmm. was the guy we loved in Tomb Raider, is Gul'dan. Yeah. I would never yeah. know, how, how that's the perfect oh. segue in the, in from Tomb Raider to yeah. to Warcraft <laughs> is that we have an actor that played in both. And I love that actor. And they had a couple yeah. that I like like Dominic, Dominic Cooper, Cooper played Lane and uh Ruth Nega she was in there as his yeah, wife which nothing. I thought was entertaining yep. cuz both of them are in exactly. as a couple. No, it means nothing. And again like the acting overall was solid. It hits the right beats. The second half of it the action's really good. I like when they're trying to save the the human prisoners and they open up a positive oh, version of yeah. the game and the orcs try and circle yeah. around to attack the humans who are getting through it they just can't. to watch that they, they it doesn't work that <laughs> yeah. way you you can't do it that was an entertaining moment there's a lot of cool things like that in terms of the action that i really dug it's just the way some of the stories finished off were too much of a loose thread because they expected a follow-up and the beginning was oh boy I that's where i think so, the movie took a, a lot of bold <laughs> stances was you know you had a lot of main characters per se whether it be uh, Doritan or the King, people people like this were all dying by the end of the film. Sure. And the film finds a way to, you know, we're cheering by the end for the Alliance, for Stormwind. It makes it almost seem like a happy ending, but it is far from a happy ending. The war is only beginning. Even though they lost. And it's something we'll never see. One of the things I, I really deeply, deeply appreciated about this movie, why I'm going to go, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I'm going to say this is my favorite uh, video game adaptation. There are shots from this movie that are identical to the games, whether it's the RTS, whether it's World of Warcraft. There is a shot of Karazhan after Khadgar says, you know, his whole line about, you know, from darkness comes light and he he dispels the magic that is corrupting the uh, Medivh and him. Um, and it, it explodes outside of that tower. 
I've played World of Warcraft and gone to that area, and that is the visual representation of the way that area the looks. Outcome. Yeah. Um, and it's an, an everlasting effect that has permeated the games, and I got to see play out in the movie. So as a movie adaptation review of a video game, from that lens, that lens alone, I think it's one of the best I've ever seen. And... Um, what, why I and um, both Wayne have been so excited about what you thought, Nick, is, is quite frankly the fact that we're a little bit deeper into that nerdy lore of that particular series. So it's, you know, it's amazing to see your, your, your stance, your point of view as to what works and what doesn't work from almost a pure um, movie telling perspective that, that that's, that's part of this, uh, this particular um, thing I'm enjoying. Sure. And again, like I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of small moments, especially towards the end between like the the little asides of the characters, some of the cool things like teleporting the golem onto Medivh. Like a lot of the action beats work really well. My frustration as a video game adaptation is that if you're going to do it, in my opinion, if you're going to do it, you need to be able to adapt it in a way where you don't need to have played the game Agreed. for the movie to make sense. Mm-hmm. No different than if I sit down to play a game I shouldn't I have to have watched a movie for the game to make sense. It shouldn't have to lean on the other. And that's where it was a little frustrating for me. It's no different than if I go to play a game and someone tells me, yeah, but you got to read the anime for that yeah, character I, the game to make sense. Agree. No, I shouldn't. Each one should stand on its own. And that's the only thing about this film that really, really lost me a little bit is if you know nothing, <laughs> you're going to have a rough time for about the first sure. third of the film. Outside of that, once you get used to it, the action is solid, the effects are good, the one-liners are all right, and if you can accept the fact that there's going to be a lot of loose ends dangling, <laughs> and you can just enjoy the immediate closure that is there, I don't think you can hold the movie against it for what it is Attempting. thought to be. Yeah, hoping. You're hoping to be. It's, it's still a calculated the, risk. If we're going to do three, this is one. Okay, it failed. We're never going to see a two and three. So I understand there are a lot of loose ends, but... Going into this, this is your first time watching it. If you already knew there was a part two and a part three ready to wrap this up, mm-hmm. you might have even a more different opinion. But knowing we might never see that part two leaves it more of a, well, what the hell did I just watch? Sure. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're not into the the, the lore of the world. What I will yeah. say is this. Big One time. of the things as a, again, going maybe to the deeper roots of finding a positive and, and the nerdier aspects, the little nods to the things that were fantastic. The Kirin tour, going to the city in the sky and seeing the casting there, seeing the way magic is almost physically represented. And as you pointed out earlier, the way that you need to cast a spell, you need to say the spell fully in order for it to be actualized. Um, the, the, rep, the physical representation of the orcs, the, the way the humans fight. And one of the little subtle things is that the opening of this movie tells you mm-hmm. that the war between the humans and the orcs have never been resolved. And there are moments of this movie where you think, oh, great, if uh, if calmer heads prevail, now that King Elaine has made a sacrifice, that Gamora will somehow turn the tide of this battle and turn the tide in the favor that there will peace be found. The beginning of the movie reminds you, you otherwise. that is not what happens, which yeah. is why it is, for me, a criminal almost shame that this movie doesn't receive a sequel because there are some narratives and some stories there that I want to see and that are not available. And I got to tip my hat to a uh, 
crucial element at the beginning of the movie where they paid nod to a race that never came into existence in World of Warcraft till an expansion, which is the Draenei. Oh, yeah. But they explain in the beginning of the film that in their world where the orcs exist, the orcs are actually draining the Draenei to make this gate. So it was already a cool... It was actually interesting to see a race that was an expansion already in the opening of Mm -hmm. this film where yet they're not even talking about undead. The uh, fan service. Really the night elves, even though they're there, you know, things like that. Sure. Dwarves have a momentary. Dwarves have a small. They show um, Ironforge for a little bit there. Um, Nothing major. That's more, again, fan service just to show that this vast world exists. But... Um, I think they really did a lot of fan service. But as Nick pointed out, I don't think that's the point of what a good video game adaptation movie is. It, it should be built on, I don't need to know mm-hmm. what the video game is in order for me to watch this. I should be able to watch it. should make sense. The character should make sense. The world should make sense. And for the first half of it, I'm second guessing what the hell is even going on? Am I really having a good time? Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say, if you watch it one more time, knowing what you know, you might be like, oh, shit, this is actually this is pretty solid. You know, yeah. now that I get it, although you should never Need have it. to do that. That may well end up being the case. And when I go to watch it again, we will see. Overall, worth checking out, but maybe have a, have a Wowpedia Page open I recommend it over Double watch. Dragon. <laughs> you know what? I agree with that. It's gonna be better than Double. It's gotta Dragon. be better than Double Dragon. <laughs> yeah, and maybe some of the some of the future reviews. I don't care what you guys say. Oh, I enjoyed s- Double Dragon. I stopped more recording when you said Double I knew Dragon. What was going you on? And I laughed more. You I laughed. Son of a- <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us on Press X to Reload. Uh, Next time, we will be looking at Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, and the incredibly Caucasian actor who pretends to be Egyptian. Uh, It will be great. (laughs) I have been Nick Moore, joining us for Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanas. Gentlemen, thank Thank you you for having us, as always. As always, thank you, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Next time. been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athenas, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review, we'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the next stage.